You're listening to the Sean Lowell Podcast. So today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, um, a batch mate, which means that when we went through Royal Marines training, we went through together, uh, John White, and we are going to talk about um, the PRMC and the POC, or at least how we think um, you should train for it. So if anybody's not used to what I've done or bits and pieces I've done in the past, I wrote the Royal Marines Guide to Fitness uh, for the MOD for Haynes. And off the back of that, I was getting a lot of emails from young lads who were wanting to join the Marines, do a POC, do a PRMC, asking or basically sending me their training program and asking me to critique it or change it. And I just couldn't keep up with it. So I wrote the Past the PRMC ebook. Um, so that was my take on it and my hints and tips. If anybody's got that, I hope you find it useful. What I want to do now is, is see what John kind of thinks and maybe we can have a chat to see if we can come up with any other hints and tips and training ideas that you might use if you want to join the Royal Marines or join any other military force or maybe just challenge yourself physically along the lines of military training. So... Um, Thank you, John. I appreciate you coming along. No, my pleasure to be here. So when you decided you wanted to join the Royal Marines, and um, obviously your, your father was a Royal Marine, so you had a bit of an influence there, did you know how you were going to train, or was it kind of something you, you, you found? Or So I kind of made the decision when I was 14 that in some way, shape, or form, I was going to join the Marines. Um, and I guess from there... I did just slowly start to shape my training and to be honest at first it was very much um, just based off I don't know whether it still exists but there was a POC a potential officers course handbook um, and all I really worried about was um, what the criteria tests were and uh, what they did is they used to give you the the maximum amount um, that you needed to achieve in each exercise to get the maximum points for the criteria tests. Um, But rather than seeing those as the maximum, I saw them as the minimum that I needed to be able to do. Um, So for me, I needed to be able to do 60 press-ups easy. It wasn't a, that's what I'm aiming for, um, just to be able to do 60. 60 was what I absolutely had to be able to do and more. Um, And that's what I aimed to do in everything. And I didn't achieve that in in everything but it was just a sort of goal it was my it was my philosophy behind it is you know see what they've said in there and don't see it as the target see it as the minimum it's a really good way to look at it it's funny a lot of the messages I do get um, are what, what's the minimum pull ups what's the minimum press ups and I'll go back and say exactly the same thing one it changes mm. and there isn't it changes to do with manning needs and it changes to do with what the, the criteria might be or, or you know, and, and they're going to change it. I could say one thing today and it changes next week. But equally, you shouldn't be thinking that way. You should be thinking about going down there and impressing. It's a potential course. You should show potential rather than going down there and um, looking for the bare minimum so you scrape through. If you approach your military career with a, I'll do the bare minimum and scrape through, you're not going to get anywhere really, are you? No, not at all. Um... Yeah, and I remember I also had um, an uncle who's in the Marines as well, and I remember chatting to him about it, and um, one of the comments that he said to me, which I didn't really believe at the time, but you you really see it afterwards, was actually you don't leave training that fit. Um, You you may look up to that now, getting your green beret, and um, 
you know, that's that's the high fitness piece. And actually, you really get fit once you join a unit, um, and you go on from there. And you know, looking back, that was so true. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that had an influence, although I didn't necessarily believe it. It was kind of there in the back of my mind. I suppose it depends what you class as fitness. And one thing I was taught on my um, PTI course was there are seven components of fitness, and I think. You know, I don't believe I left training particularly flexible, but that would be a component of fitness. And you say a gymnast is, is very flexible, so they fit, fit in the area. You're fit to a point, you're fit for purpose, fit for task. But then when you go to your unit, you might specialise, or I certainly got back into my running, and my running ability two, three years out of training was far better than my running ability in training. And yet you did do a lot of running, but it was kind of different. As a yeah. runner as well, you probably... Yeah, say. exactly the same. Um, I think, yeah, probably in that three years out of training, um, my, my running went from, I don't know, I could probably just about manage a 70-minute 10-miler to um, the time I did my MLs course being able to do a 60-minute 10-miler. So, yeah, it definitely improved. Much quicker. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that your uncle obviously hit the nail on the head. So from that then, if you, if you were like me, I was, a, I was a good runner at school, um, and I know you were. Going into training for the PRMC, that, that side of it was kind of taken care of, I imagine. You, didn't, you, you trained for it, but you didn't have to really work as much as maybe somebody was coming from a rugby background or, or, or the like. Do you, do you know, see where I'm going? Yeah, absolutely. So... Um... I kind of carried on doing it because I enjoyed it. Um, there's always that little bit of you go back to what you're good at because mm-hmm. um, it's easier to do. Um, but actually looking back, it's actually, for the stuff that we had to do, running's a pretty good basis. Um, just having that CV base. That CV base. Um, but also, there's something about running where it's so simple um, it's good psychological training. Agreed. Um, it's something about, you know, you literally, all you need to do is keep going as hard as you can. Um, there's there's no sort of sense of you might get skill fade at a certain point, um, you know, um, or a you're, you're using the biggest muscles in your body, so they're not just going to suddenly give up, or, you know, a certain muscle group isn't just going to su- suddenly give up. It's your whole system's going to give up at a certain point. Um, and so it's really good at training yourself to work through the pain um, in a way that if you're doing press-ups at some point you know your arms can give up your triceps or your chest can give up but actually your system's still got a lot more in it you just physically um, can't do that anymore yeah that yeah. muscle's just tired out um, so there was something about running where it was still very useful I think for that for building that psychological strength I couldn't agree more I think I might have even written in the um the, the Haynes guide about the type of people that tend to, to do quite well with training for a PMC or a POC or for the Marines in general are people that come from those sorts of CV sports so be it running be it rowing be it swimming and as you say something where your mind is telling you that you want to stop but actually you can keep going mm. and that old mind fails on before the body or I always talk about Paula Radcliffe and her strange head bob which you know is her going through the pain barrier to keep going everything is telling her to stop and I think people who come from those sports tend to have developed that which is so useful for any military force but certainly for the Royal Marines um, in the sense that you know there is a lot of running in, in Royal Marine training um, and obviously in the Corps in general so no I'd wholeheartedly agree that if you are good at running you use it to train not only your CV system to get fitter but to keep your mind um, in that sort of mental robustness strength of mind mm. phase which is so important yeah, absolutely. 
press-ups were a funny one. So I still remember the first time I realised, right, how do I do 60 press-ups? And my dad just telling me the best way to do it is um, pyramids. So obviously I did the maths, I worked out if I started at 11, went down to 1, that was 66 press-ups. Um, I still remember the first night I did it in my bedroom um, in this little farmhouse and getting this um, huge blister on, funny enough, the only hand I've got my left hand, but huge blister on the um, sort of outside ball from press that has from press-ups, yeah. And... Um, yeah, that, at that point it was do 11 and then knees down uh, or yeah, probably to start off with was knees up and then eventually it was knees down and then um, I just started doing them every morning before I got in the shower. My mum used to get really annoyed with me for two reasons. A, I'd turn the shower on to warm up and then it would take me like a minute or so to do these press-ups. Um, so I'd be running the hot water for too long but also I'd leave these palm prints in the um, in the floor where I used to do the press-ups in the same place every morning and you know it then got up to a stage where I would do it in pyramids but I wouldn't put my knees down between each one so I'd you know just rest on straight arms hold it until I felt ready to go again um, I think you're cool. and you know it just kept on going and going until you know the time I um it was well out of training I just used to get into habit I dropped it down to 50 but I'd just do 50 press-ups every morning before I jumped in the shower while it was warming up and you know it would only take me probably 50 seconds to do um, but it was just that basis that's what I did every morning um, some research suggests it's a really good thing to do some form of exercise when you first get up your press-ups being a good one um, you know both physically but also mentally you know mm. to, prepare, to wake yourself up prepare the body so um so with that then, a lot of questions I get you know, is, oh, I've got my POC or PRMC in eight weeks. What, what, what can I do? How long were you training for that? You know, you talk about doing that pyramid and getting good at it. What, what are we talking? Oh, for me, that was probably, I probably started that when I was 15, 16. And yeah, I did my first POC when I was 16. So it was, I, I think probably 12 months, if I was guessing it, is... Yeah, it was a long time and yeah, there's a load of other stuff I said I was 14 when I decided I was going to do it so there was a lot of build up towards that anyway but yeah that was the first time when I was like right I'm applying for this now and yeah as soon as I applied for it that was it the bottom line you're not talking a few weeks or months training we're talking years of training or yeah. a year yeah. to prepare yourself to make sure you can do well and yeah. I think that's the point I wanted to bring out that often people think this is a oh I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and do this so I'll do a little bit of training and for people who, who make it yeah some people might be able to get through after a few months training because they already do a lot of fitness they might do a bit of crossfit or whatever it might be that prepares them personally but certainly for me as well I mean I was I was training for a long period of time when mm. you know I didn't want to go down and do any form of um, physical test where I thought I might fail. You know, and you go down there obviously nervous anyway. But um, I remember every Sunday I would test myself on the, the uh, three mile as fast as I could run on the treadmill, and then I would do maximum press ups, maximum sit ups, maximum put essentially put myself through a test. Yeah. And obviously it wasn't to the level that they would put you through it in terms of the warm up and things, but just always do it and then doing the training in the week for it and then mm. testing yourself again every Sunday and I think I doubt I'm alone with that that you are um, like you you know I need to do 60 so I'll do 66 every morning or, or whatever it may be um, so no, that was, it's good to know that you put the that level of time and effort in as well how, how will pull up sorry go on. Uh, well I was going to say there's something about um, building a base as well to work from so it's um, you you can't once you've got a good base you can make a lot of gains in a very short period of time. Um, you know, and all, all 
professional sports people do that. You know, they cycle their training, but you can't do that um, unless you have the the base to start off with. And you know, that was the same in in my running um, training. You know, training throughout the year. But you start off, you build up your CV base, and then as you come into race season, you start doing your speed work. Um, and so it's it's that same kind of concept, I guess. You build yeah. up the base, pull ups. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, because this is the one that gets a lot of people and, you know, people are always asking what's the minimum and, you know, at one point it was five, at one point it dropped down to one, I think, and I don't know where it is right now. I think, yeah, at the end of the day, you want to be getting up towards 10 if you can. So, yeah. did you struggle with them? Or? So, I think I, um, when I turned up to PRC, I think I did 10 on the day. Um, I think at the time it was 18 for maximum marks. It was, yeah. Um, it wasn't to the bleep when we did it. No, that was it. It was just 18. Now it's um, to the bleep, which is... Still, the sweaty beam that you your hands tend to to, yeah. to, to want to fall off. Pull ups took me a long time to get really um, good at. And the funny thing is, I started climbing when I was eleven, so I was reasonably good in body weight. But um, sort of getting beyond ever getting beyond fifteen pull ups was quite kind of hard work. And it wasn't until um, quite a way into my career in the Marines, um, where I was out in the jungle. Uh, setting up a training school and one of the guys out there was a good friend of mine who was also a really good climber um, Ben and uh, we just started every every evening before we had um, dinner and did our sort of evening wash in the river we would do a hunt we decided to do 100 pull-ups wow. um, you know in any way shape or form we could we just do these 100 pull-ups and um, yeah all of a sudden within a few yeah, again, probably had a reasonable base leading up to that, but it didn't take long till till the first time I broke twenty pull ups um in one go. And you know, once you do it, um it got to a stage it didn't take long from then when actually that became my new base. You know, if I was fresh I could jump on a pull up bar and do twenty pull ups, um and then work from there. And by the time I was out in Afghanistan, you know, I got to a stage where I think my, my record was doing my 100 pull-ups in something like 16 minutes. and wow. But again, I was doing 100 pull-ups every day um, while I was there. And it's not that hard to find somewhere a bar where you can do it and you just got to decide that that's what you're going to do. Yeah. As you say, it's getting that base. And I think, just as you've said, I, I think I, you know, similar stories in the sense that, you know, you, you get to that 10 and you can do that 10 and then, well, you know, I want to get to 15. And then once you hit the 20 and then, you know, or maybe I can do 25 and then, you're struggling for a higher number the 15 or the 18 or whatever is is actually achievable and it's achievable whenever you want and I think yeah I was I was I was quite similar in that story in one sense um I do remember you know I was at university and I knew I was going to I passed my POC knew I was going to join but you know that you know training is going to be pretty hard and you're probably going to have to do a lot of pull-ups and training mm-hmm. so you're just trying to add to that base to get you know push yourself higher um, but people do get really, really wound up about them and, you know, find that they can't break that two, three or four. And, and I know what I did. I think I was probably early teens and bought one of the Argos pull-up bars yeah. and put it outside the kitchen. And it was one of those things where whenever I walked underneath it, I did a few, yeah. you know, two or three or whatever it may be. And if you're listening to this in your, you know, mid-teens, late-teens or even in your 20s and you're thinking about joining the Royal Marines... So many people, I believe, put off pull-ups and they train everything else and they just put it off. Take that as, as, as something to do. Buy a pull-up bar, put it somewhere in the house, in your bedroom. Every time you walk underneath it, just do two or three and you start building that base, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It just becomes um, a muscle that, or a set of muscles um, that you're using 
on bulk during the day yeah. and the more you use them the, the bigger those muscles grow and um, I listening to something um, recently actually a gymnastics coach was saying how um, biceps actually are designed as a stamina muscle um, but it's just we don't use them like that anymore so you know really they're designed for us to go we hunt our prey we catch it and then we pick it up and we run for miles hold, carrying it, it carrying yeah. it um, and so if you if you want to build those muscles you just got to get used to using them a lot and it you know it starts off doing it in little sections yeah. as you say throughout the day a bit of rest go and do it again um, but eventually um, it just comes it's probably where training programs such as German volume training the, the the word here being volume works so well for adding strength and growing muscles because you see a lot of guys down the gym and they're lifting incredibly big weights often with really bad form and they're trying to do so because they want to grow big muscles and then you look at a program that's been used by you know olympic gymnasts probably and other olympic medalists to add strength and size during the off season and the word in there is volume they're putting a lot of reps down the range and as you say walk, as, as we said walking under that pull up bar and just doing a few every now and again that's going to do that you know that's like your hunter carrying his prey that's going to exercise those muscles for longer rather than you know adding 20 kilos around your waist and then trying to do two or three pull-ups hoping that's going to get you to 20 doing normal pull-ups and doing a lot of volume is going to get you up to 20 yeah if you just have them as part of your 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 training session you know, you're not going to get that volume there. Exactly. Um, what else have we talked about? I suppose there's the, the core side, the sit-up side, which um, I personally never found that hard in terms of you know feet fix sit-ups wasn't a problem for me, but I know people do struggle with it. And there was a guy on my POC, I think he got probably about 20, 25, and I remember him saying he thought the adrenaline would take him through. He obviously just hadn't trained. And it's something you shouldn't skip. You need to train yeah. that as well. It, every bit yeah so sit-ups for me were they were my absolute guarantee on you could get full marks on them you know i'm very lucky um well lucky lucky for that exercise and running and stuff in that i'm quite slight built um so it wasn't like i needed to lift a huge lot um a huge amount of weight um but yeah it like it was just exactly the same principle as everything else you just make sure that 85 was the minimum or you made that the minimum you could do and because i knew I could do 85 then that's it I trained for more than that um, all the time I remember doing that as well and training for so many I'd wedge my feet under the sofa in my mum's house I was was a teenager at the time and I'd have the TV on which was behind me don't do this by the way don't do this and I would do two, three hundred in you know and I I'd hurt my neck Mm. to the point where I couldn't straighten my head and um, in the end I had to go my mum took me to hospital and I got put on some form of muscle relaxant probably something like Valium or something and then having to go back to school with you know not probably feeling a little bit out of it from, from, from muscle relaxant so yeah it is a case of just doing it and doing it putting those reps down the range as you said but be careful as well you know when you do these exercises like any exercise do it under control when you do these exercises in front of the PTIs at Limston they will demonstrate how you've got to do it and they will expect you to do it to that standard so if you've been doing really bad reps because you're rushing them or throwing your neck backwards and forwards like I probably was was with my feet around under a sofa you'll probably injure yourself but also they won't accept it so um, yeah get it done but do it properly as well Um, and as John said it's one that for some people is easier because they're slighter some of the bigger rugby players pull-ups and things running and sit-ups can can really be quite difficult when you get into training in terms of carrying bergens and fireman's carries they tend to find that sort of thing yeah easier right yeah exactly um we're all kind of 
there's a requirement to be an all-rounder, isn't there? Um, and so as as you go through training, you'll become closer to that centre point. You know, the bigger like the bigger lads lose weight um, as they become better runners. And um, I was going to say I put on weight. Um, it took me. I, I was about nine stone when I did my potential officers course at just shy of six foot. Um, nine and a half stone when I turned up to training. I think by the end of training I just just scraped ten stone. Um, so it's never much of me, but yeah, it meant that other side of life, doing fireman's carries, carrying the boats, that was always hard work for me. But again, it comes back to that psychological training that the running gave me. Um, there's something about being used to pain, which running running gives you, which allowed me to deal um, with with the pain of doing those exercises. It's it's certainly a good training tool, and I've, I've had messages where people have got quite irate um not, i don't know why they get irate at me when they've either failed um a prmc or a poc or they are finding training for it really hard and something that comes out is why is running so important why do they make such a big deal of running and it's for two reasons one is you know it, 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 it's a, a leveler but it's something that you can build on whether you add weight to somebody or whether they don't have weight they need to be able to move and that's something the Royal Marines have to be able to do and most military yeah. forces have to be able to do but also as you've said it is a great training tool for seeing how mentally strong somebody is and you, you can train for it to increase your mental uh, strength um, or you can put people through hard tests like, like the endurance course like a 30 miler to to cut the mustard but it's it's a mental test more than physically mm. in some ways isn't it yeah absolutely um i think and also when you go through your career and you start going to different environments um and you realize you know cv fitness isn't just about your ability to keep running but actually it's how you can cope with, with changing heat, environments heat cold and all of those things so clearly if you've got a good cv system um, when you're in cold weather environments, um, your blood's going to flow better to your extremities, um, so you're going to be able to deal with the cold better. If you're in a hot weather environment, if you're out in the jungle, um, you're going to be better at dissipating heat, um, so you're less likely to get heat injuries, and all of those things are helped by CV training, so that is why it is a, a core focus, and one of the big things in the Marines is um, we are extreme weather specialists we go to the jungle um the, the whole of the armed forces has been to the desert in recent years but also um you know we're we're the defense in nato's northern flank um so we go to the arctic as well so john was an ml for those of you that missed that when he said he did his ml's course so he would have done a long time working in in cold conditions and, and, and soldiering to the highest standards of the British military in those environments. So there you have it. If you are worried about the running and think that it's not for you, it, it is. It's really important that you get that side nailed down. That's why it's weighted so heavily on POMC and PRMC, and that's why you need to spend the time doing it. So um, if you're not a great runner, don't shy away from it. Put the effort in. And um, there are a number of different ways you can increase the running. Um, you know, you can use you can use interval training. You can use a heart rate monitor. You can literally just get out there and do a mile, and then add a mile the next week, or add half a mile. So um, obviously, all this is out there on the internet for you to find, or in the bits and pieces I've put out there. But don't shy away from it if you struggle with it, because you are going to be tested on it. And um, you know, you might think it's just a mile and a half as fast as you can after a mile and a half warm up. But if you're lucky enough to get into training, those distances are going to increase and you're going to be expected to keep that sort of pace over, over much longer distances. And um, don't be put off by the fact that you're not necessarily built like a runner. Um, 
you know, we know guys like Stevie Fulthorpe, you know, big heavyweight boxer, but actually um, pretty comfortable running six minute miles for a long time. You know, he got that through a lot of training. I had guys on my Mountain Leaders course, um, again, who were um, sort of 15, 16 stone giants, but could run 10 miles in 66 minutes. Um, you know, so you can do it with training, um, even if it's, if it's not natural for you. Yeah, I think whether you learn it before you get into training or whether it's something that clicks when you're in training, you learn that what you think you're capable of is probably far less than you are capable of, or at least what your body's capable of. And some of the examples John's given there, these people have learned that actually if other people can do this and have done this before me, there's no reason why I can't do it. Yes, it might take mental strength and yes, it might take a lot of work. And that's why we're saying you don't pass a POC or PMC unless you're very physically gifted with six to eight weeks training. You know, it is sometimes it's a year's worth of training. So don't rush the application. If you're, if you're 16, 17, 18 years old, you don't need to be in in three months time. You can give it a year, um, but really, really prepare yourself. And um, I'd say that you'll actually be better prepared once you get through as well. You'll be that little bit older, a little bit more life experience, a little bit more knowledge of your own body and what it's capable of, which will put you in a much better position because once you're in training there's so much other stuff going on you can't afford to worry about the physical stuff you kind of need that to take care of itself Um, there's so many other things if you think about climbing a rope that's not just about physical fitness and strength it's about learning a technique and a criteria move and that's a lot for your brain to take if you physically can't rely on your muscles and your body so um, don't rush things I think is probably quite a good message really Okay, I think we're going, to wrap, we're going to wrap this one up. So um, thank you for listening. If you've got any more questions on POC, PRMC, then of course you can find me on Twitter, Sean Nerwell, Instagram, Sean Nerwell, Facebook, Sean Nerwell. And John's now just going to tell us a little bit about where you can find out more about him and the business pieces he does. And we will, of course, speak to him again soon. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Sean. So um, you can look me up on Twitter. I'm under John White 50. So that's J-O-N-W-H-I-T-E-5-0. And you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram under that. And then also uh, I've got a website, which is thewhitehousefuture.com. Brilliant. Thanks, John. And thank you for joining us. Brilliant. Thanks, Sean. <laughs>